This is Mickey Welsh from the news team. I've been exploring the dark web for the past year. So what exactly is it? Well, it's not part of the internet. That's one click away. It's hidden. It takes special software before you can get on it. I like to describe it as this. Imagine you're at the beach. Now dip your toe into the sea. Now you feel that water that's around your toe? Well, that's your normal internet, let's call it. Your Facebook, eBay, online banking, your shopping, your Twitter. You know, the stuff that you do on a daily basis. Now the rest of the water that's in the sea and all of the oceans combined around the world, that's your dark web. It's a massive resource of encrypted information. If you know how big Google is, imagine that 500 times the size and you've got an idea of the scale of the dark web. And it's essentially everything that is available if you know where precisely to look for it. But because it's not linked to other websites, it can't be crawled by the software engines that Google and other companies like that use to crawl the web and identify where things are. That's Stuart Garrick. He's the head of the Cybercrime Unit for the National Crime Agency. We'll be hearing more from him in just a bit. Now, once you're on the dark web, the first thing you notice is just how actually slow it is, and it looks really old-fashioned. Most websites look like they're from the 1990s, and because of all the encryption, you find everything's just a bit laggy and takes a while to load. It's not a place you go looking for, unless you're interested in illicit activities, it seems. Over the last few years, we've heard more and more about the dark web. Recently, we've had the Ashley Madison hack in the news. That's where over 30 million users of an adultery website had their information published on the dark web. I spoke to cybersecurity expert Rob Angelovich about the hack. Anybody who's actually been a customer should be very concerned because my understanding is that the data is, it goes beyond just username and password information, which could obviously lead to further security breaches of their own information. But there's also things around preferences and things around the Ashley Madison site that could potentially be quite embarrassing and lead to scandal on its own. It looks like we'll be hearing more and more about the Ashley Madison hack as more details and data are released. That's quite a scary thought for the users of that website, but that's not even the tip of the iceberg when it comes to some of the stuff that's on the dark web. I found sites which offer guns for £500, or sites which sell separate gun parts, which makes them easier to post, then you assemble them at your own house. That's exactly what 19-year-old Liam Liebird from Newcastle did. He used the dark web under the alias Donald Trump, and he used a marketplace called Evolution. That's where he was able to buy parts of a gun and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and he had them all delivered straight to his door in Newcastle. He was planning to commit mass murder at Newcastle College. Luckily, he was caught at the very last minute. But that was only because of worrying posts that he made on his Facebook account on the normal internet. Liebird was found guilty of eight counts of endangering life and eight weapons charges. He'll be sentenced later on at the end of this month. I found all of Donald Trump's posts on the dark web. He wasn't just amassing weapons, though. He was also an accomplished fraudster. He would steal card details or PayPal accounts and use them to buy himself takeaways. A significantly high number of users actually use the same password for everything. You would find that if I find uh, the information for a specific user and um, get that password... I could potentially hack in and log into pretty much any piece of information that they've got. So the advice from Rob Angelovich is to make sure you change your passwords on a regular basis to avoid having your details stolen. Sadly for Angela Moore from Warbottle, her details were stolen. I was able to find her name, address, email, telephone number, bank details, even her kids' names were on the dark web. She was very concerned when we turned up at her door with them. I didn't know anything about it. Never heard about it till this morning. I had no idea that there was any investigations going on. I'm pleased there is. Um, it's actually shocked us today saying this. Well, Alison is a single working mum of three. If her details can be stolen, anyone's can. It's pretty awful that people can do this to people that don't realise how 
you know, upsetting it is for people and everybody's just living their little lives and struggling on and everybody's in the same boat. So it's just not fair. It makes you wonder now when you go on the internet, I'd be scared to do anything. So we've looked at a couple of interesting cases already, guns and fraud. But the biggest use of the dark web is for the sale of drugs. One of the sites I used had over 18,000 listing for drugs from anything from cocaine to heroin to banned weight loss pills. You name it, it's on there. You'd have to buy some Bitcoin. You have to download Tor. It's a browser and you'd Google. Well, you used to Google Silk Road, but that's closed down now. So you use something else. And there's categories for every kind of drug. There's stimulants, opioids. So, for example, if you wanted uh, cocaine, you'd click cocaine and there you have it. A list of the best sellers. And the one at the top will be the one who has the best feedback and ratings. You can read reviews. And the thing is, because people who take drugs tend to be more educated because... um, they're the people who can use the dark web. A lot of them are like chemists and a lot of them have posted about purity tests. So you can't get away with the sort of shady dealing that we're used to within the real world. That's a dark web user that I spoke to. We used an actor to protect his identity. He's a professional in his 20s. You'll have heard him mention something called Silk Road there. Some of you might already have heard about it. This was the most notorious marketplace on the dark web. It was like an eBay for illicit activities. It's believed it was making an average turnover of $200 million every year when it was in operation. It was closed down in 2013 after the founder, Ross Ulbrich, was arrested. The 31-year-old from America was found guilty on charges including conspiracy to commit drug trafficking, money laundering and computer hacking. When you buy drugs in the real world, it could be anything. In fact, you're used to things that are cut with who knows what. So a lot of people who started dealing drugs on the internet were trying to create a sort of safer version where you could buy something, you know what you're buying, and their mentality is, it's your body, you should be able to do what you want. That's an interesting point. Is it safer to buy drugs on the dark web rather than buy them from a street dealer? To a certain extent, it might be. You don't have to find a shady character on the street. Plus, like this user told me, the way it's delivered is quite unbelievable. Once you buy it, it comes through via Royal Mail, delivered to your house, disguised as a travel agent brush or something like that, which is just amazing. The ways they have disguise and letters are ingenious. You know you'll get tabs of LSD under an address label. You just have to peel it back. It just wouldn't be practical to drug search every single package and letter that comes through. But how true is that? Well, the Royal Mail declined an interview with me, but they did tell me that they work closely with the police and other authorities to prevent such activities from happening. Buying drugs online is not something new. People who use the dark web will argue that it's safer than buying from street dealers. Dr Lindsay Marshall is a senior lecturer in computer science at Newcastle University. He's not convinced, though. Yes, it's safer in some senses, in that you're you're not out there. You're not Certainly in terms of the, the probability of physical violence may be less. Whether you're more anonymous is another question. You're not anonymous from the dealer. They're going to send you the stuff through the post. They know your postal address. It all sounds truly unbelievable, doesn't it? It's not, though. Guns, fraud, drugs, it's really happening, and it's happening right here in the northeast. So what's been done to police it? Well, Stuart Garrick from the National Crime Agency says everything that they can. We use effectively every trick that we've got in the book that's legal to find these people. Whilst people might think they're safe in the dark web, they can also never really be truly sure who they are speaking to. Obviously, in law enforcement, we will use every means that we possibly can to identify where they are and bring them to justice. So the dark web is being policed and the National Crime Agency are seeing results. One of the most successful operations saw over 600 suspected paedophiles arrested across the whole of the UK. That included doctors, teachers, care workers and even former police officers. Most of them thought that they were safe using the dark web to keep anonymous, but they were wrong. And that's something Detective Sergeant Steve Days from Durham Police's High Tech Crime Unit wants to reiterate to paedophiles 
who operate right here in the northeast. Our main investigations have been into those who share indecent images of children within the deep web. Um, we are arresting people who are actually using the deep web to distribute or access indecent images of children. We can't go into too many details how we actually have, have caught them because obviously we don't want to give away any investigative techniques. But, um, you know, we had a suspect uh, when we arrested him, he turned around and said, I thought the inner web isn't being policed. I thought I was safe. How have I been caught? He was caught and received a prison sentence at the end of it. I asked him just how difficult, compared to, let's call it, normal police work, the dark web is to deal with. The levels of encryption are there. It is a bit unseen because people don't really want to think, oh, we we do have these people in our area. Um, And we just get on with our work. We are very good at what we do. We catch numerous offenders. These guys who are out there who believe they won't get caught, we do catch them. It is all around the safeguarding of children. Well, the NSPCC are also very concerned about anonymity and encryption on the dark web. Claire Lilly is from the charity. She told me technology companies must help them in the fight against child sexual exploitation. It's a conundrum, really, because you've got these heavily encrypted areas and the capability for encryption being used for these horrendous purposes to trade child abuse images. And so we need the best technological brains in the country, whether they're in private companies. We really need them to be working together to identify solutions to how we crack this problem. Well, we know the National Crime Agency and our local police forces are tackling people who share indecent images of children in the northeast. But as the dark web becomes more popular in mainstream, Claire has this warning for any potential users. What we really need is for everyone considering looking at these images to realise they are committing sexual abuse by doing so. A lot of the time what offenders will justify their behaviour by saying, well I didn't touch a child, I didn't actually physically sexually abuse that child. Anyone who is looking at these images is a child sex offender and they need to be very clear about that in their head that this is not a victimless crime. So we've heard about guns, drugs, fraud, hacking, child sexual exploitation. But does the dark web have any legitimate uses for good? Well, actually, yes. So-called good people do use the dark web as well. Admittedly, many use it for all the illicit activities that we've talked about. But there are many out there who need the encryption and anonymity that the dark web gives. For example, if you're in a country like North Korea, China or Iran, where oppressive and repressive regimes are in charge, you're not allowed to do much, if anything at all, on the internet. The dark web gives users in those countries a voice whilst protecting their location and identity. It means they can feel safe to share information about what's really happening in their countries. There's also people like me on there, journalists. I use it to speak to sources who want to stay anonymous or sources who won't share information over the normal internet or email. So there you go. I hope I've shed a little bit of light as to what lies beneath on the dark web. If you want to know more about my investigation, then just head over to our website.